Thanks to Indeed for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost-effective when you're running your own business. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so we're going to talk about, obviously, the Apple Vision Pro pre-orders and everything we learned about that. Some new iPhone 16, 16 Pro news, and then an update on the whole Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2 band. So, hey... You know what time it is. Let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host. Doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody, to the show. It is episode 295, and we're getting closer to 300, but we're also getting closer to the official release of the Apple Vision Pro. Now, Apple pre-orders just went up. They're officially open. The product itself comes out February 2nd, so we're going to talk all about everything that we learned from that, plus a little bit more, but um, I'm still reeling from that pre-order, and we'll talk about it in a moment. But first, some orders of business. First of all, I know you all have thoughts about this. Look, it's not like the numbers of this podcast of listeners have dwindled because I can see the numbers, so if you want to talk about it, Hey, I'm asking you, call in, record a voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. I think there are so many different thoughts about this. I see the comments on my videos, and I know that listeners here are all over the spectrum of whether you're in on this, whether you're not sure, whether you don't like this at all. Applebitsshow at gmail.com. Your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. I will play it in the show. I will play them in the show. I just want to hear where your head is at, and it's always fun to add that dynamic to the texture of the show. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support my content. So many of you have supported my content independently over the years, and this is incredible. I'm allowed to do this because of you. And what does it give you? Early access to content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. And I'm going to say it in this podcast right now in case you haven't heard it yet. I'm doing a special giveaway on as a Patreon subscriber, we're going to do a live lottery giveaway of a single Apple Vision Pro sometime in February. I kid you not, it's the smallest way that I can say thank you to my appreciation for all that you have done for me. So if you want to be a part of that, and the news and information will be posted on the Patreon exclusive to Patreon supporters patreon.com slash brian tong starts at two dollars a month five dollars which is like a cup of coffee 10 25 the 100 platinum apple level to be the potential winner of a apple vision pro from me that's that's all i gotta say so we'll see we'll see how y'all respond to that all right let's get to the news and you know it took me actually to be honest i needed a day to recover after apple vision pro pre-order day because it was at 5 a.m. I recorded a video on my channel about the walkthrough process so people could see because it's very different than any other. You you know, you know, scan your face in it. We didn't know what the configurations and storage were at the time. We didn't know what accessories were there. So I woke up early. I did that. I shot it as it happened. I edited that video. And then we learned so much. I'm like, wow, maybe I should do a video of all the little things that we've learned that Apple didn't tell us. And then so I did another video. So I posted two day two videos in that day I was tapped. I'm still honestly recovering from CES, to be honest with you. That's right. I mean, we haven't had an episode since before CES. Um, That was amazing. So you can check out all the videos there. So I've been, you know, the tech world has not let us sleep. Samsung just announced their newest S24 Ultra, which looks amazing with AI features. They announced their entire phone lineup, um, at least from the S24 lineup. Then Apple's like, oh, yeah, uh, during CES, we're going to announce the pre-orders for the Apple Vision Pro and the release date, and CES was happening. So there is no rest. Typically in the past, we've been able to get like a, a week or two of radio silence, but not anymore because a lot of these companies are announcing things on their own timetable and using CES as kind of like the tech launch pad and doing it after. So yeah, lots going on. So I was a little tired, but you know what? That's just that's just the nature of the beast. And there was a lot of interesting things from the pre-order. So Like I said, it was a little unique experience, but we learned so much about what Apple is doing with this. So first of all, if in case you haven't heard, there were three storage configurations. Now, remember, I've been talking about this a lot. It starts at $3,499, 
for a 256 gig model. You go up to $3,699 for a 512 gig storage option. So $200 for 256 gigs. I mean, if you look at the storage, um, the pricing of storage just in general, that's a that's 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 where Apple. There's a little bit of premium on that that you're like, oh, but if you're going to be using this as a multimedia device, if you're going to be watching movies and maybe potentially doing some content on it eventually, 256 probably isn't that much when you add it all up, all right, with your music and movies and media and, and whatnot. So most people, and it's already expensive, so you know what, 256 is fine because this is a first-time product, but some people are like, well, I need a little more storage. They go to 512. If you want to go up to one terabyte of storage, that's $3,899 starting, right? That's before we do anything else. So the pricing was hefty. Then after that, you look at accessories. If you're going to take this on the go, quite honestly, I travel so much. I do, and I'm going to test it as part of my review. I am going to take this on the road with me in a plane and see how good it really is. Well, you're going to need probably some sort of a travel case. We didn't know what accessories were really out there. Apple sold a travel case for $199, $200. It looks pretty straightforward. Has a spot to hold the battery and the um and the Apple Vision Pro. $200 or $199, let's be very accurate, for the travel case. Then if you might be using this thing for spatial computing, it's uh, $49.95 for this Belkin battery pack that allows you to clip it to like a belt clip for the battery pack in case it's a very heavy battery i'm going to tell you right now okay it's very heavy and we'll talk about that weight so that's 49.95 well guess what most people don't have 2020 vision Uh, most people wear glasses and if you wear glasses you'll also have to get um, these special zeiss lens inserts for the apple vision pro if you just need readers that's an additional 99 dollars. if you need um, actual prescription and you have to send that into them. That's one hundred forty nine dollars. So that this is starting to add up to, like I said before, with some accessories before tax, easily four thousand dollars. Then you want Apple Care on that, Apple's coverage for it. That's four hundred ninety nine dollars. You do not get taxed on that, but that's four hundred ninety nine dollars. So if we're doing the math here, let's let's say let's just for for shits and giggles. A maxed out one terabyte Apple Vision Pro with the Belkin uh, battery pack case holder with the travel case with Apple Care with, let's say, a prescription on it. Now, a fully loaded one is like $4,795 before tax. After tax, at least... One of, you know, when I looked at it briefly, it was like around $5,200. That's that's a maximum. Now, let's say you go for the the basic, the entry level, which is more than Apple standard Apple Vision Pro. That's only $400 less. So we're still looking at close to $5,000. That is an incredible investment. And the reason why you might consider getting Apple Care on this is because I looked up on the uh, the Apple support like if you need any repair issues with the Apple Vision Pro, if the glass front is cracked or damaged, I believe it was $799 to get that repaired. But if there's any other type of issues with it, you know, we don't, this is a pretty complex device. We don't know what's going to happen to it. Uh, It's 2000, it could go up to $2,399 to repair it. So yes, I I get Apple Care on all my big purchases anyways. It's helped me out in the long run. I'm going to get it for the Apple Vision Pro. If I'm buying an Apple Vision Pro. So this is, you know, when we talk about the price of this, no, $3,499, no. It's really like 5,000 bucks. And so when you get to that number, even if you just got to $3,500, uh, I don't expect everyone to buy this. I never did. The technology is beyond incredible. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. You can watch my YouTube channel. I have so much in-depth coverage. I've been following this journey the whole time of what's been going on, what's good, what's bad, what stands out. But that immediately takes out, geez, I'm guessing at least 60 to 70% of the general iPhone user audience 
when they see that price, they're going to say no. I even did a, a poll on my Twitter just for fun, just to get a general sense. This is not accurate to the whole population, but at least for the tech world as a whole, the people that follow me and, you know, typically we have a lot of people that follow the Apple content that I do. Uh, I think it was 20% of the audience said they were going to at least be awake to potentially buy the Apple Vision Pro. 70% said, or 72 or 73% didn't even wake up for the Apple Vision Pro. But everyone's still curious about it, but they're not going to buy it yet, right? So that's, from a pricing standpoint, woo, that's pretty significant. So we talked about the storage capacity on it. Also, we know that there's an M2 in it. It's going to be an M2 with just a standard M2 with an 8-core CPU, a 10-core GPU. There will be 16 gigs of unified memory. So this is going to be a beast. I know I've seen a lot of people talk about, why did it doesn't have an M3? Well, if it did have an M3, we wouldn't see it for probably another six to eight months. So Apple's trying to get this out. And also the M2, like people maybe don't realize the M2 is so powerful. The M3 does have the additional next generation GPU. But the reality to me is that this product is already going to be more than good enough for what it's trying to do. And also there's not that many, we'll we'll see what happens in the first year because you're really going to need to give it that much time. This is a first time product. It's going to take time for developers to warm up to it, to ramp up to it. You know, not even all the core developers that you typically think of are on board with this product. We know that YouTube is not making a dedicated Apple Vision Pro app. We know that, uh, who else? Netflix is not making a dedicated Vision Pro app. They're not even letting their iPad versions be usable on Apple Vision Pro. So, you can't, you'll still have to go through the web browser because it is acts like a computer. Anything you can do on a web browser, you can do on Apple Vision Pro, but you need to go to a web browser to use YouTube and to use Netflix. Also, Spotify. And Spotify has had plenty of beef with Apple about Apple's policies in regards to the, the cut that they take from developers. Spotify will also be an app that you have to go through the web browser and not through a dedicated app with a dedicated Vision Pro experience. And I, I mean, I think about something like the iPhone and the iPad, you know, they, they you had to go through similar things where it took a while for apps to get on. I don't know if they're going to jump on board because I think that we've seen there's a, a larger resistance to just acquiesce and instantly jump on Apple's platforms because of the, there's more tension between the developer community and the Apple community, especially with, Apple's thir- basically, tw- I think it's around 27 to 30% cut of revenue that they take from every transaction and purchase that happens on the App Store. Only recently did they allow people to subscribe or to make purchases outside of the Apple app um, instead of directly through any type of app in Apple's ecosystem. So I think that this Vision Pro might open up some doors or might create a moment where Apple will finally maybe take a step back and say okay we're going to we're going to go down to 20% maybe i don't know about 15 but maybe you know we know that for certain types of app, uh app developers that have a long standing and have a large um user base they have lowered that to that number but in general think about upstarts and up and coming developers you know there's the reality is that there's not that big of a audience like the apple vision pro audience is going to be a sliver of what is available for apple uh iphone and ipad we even see and have seen the pullback specifically with apple watch right apple watch there's some apps but a lot of companies i think was it like twitter and facebook and others decided to stop supporting apple watch os and it's become its own thing and it's still been uh, wildly successful but the fact that you've seen this pattern of uh, you know, hesitance to jump on Apple's platforms because of a variety of reasons. So things are different there. But it's also one of the biggest challenges to the future of what this Apple Vision Pro could be or will be. We we really don't know. Everyone that says it's a flop, everyone that says this is gonna be a success, no one actually knows. That's the perspective that I'm taking on it. But I don't expect everyone to jump in with a starting price point, basically, let's say after tax of $4,000. I would never expect that. I'm not telling you you should do that either. 
you know, that's something that you're going to have to decide on your own. But I, I really can't wait to dig in and review this thing when it, when it becomes available. That, it's going to be, you know, there's, we, we've heard for years, Apple is not innovative. And now I'm seeing this opposite reaction of like, when they're actually innovative, people are like, Apple's too expensive. It's, you know, you got to pick one side or the other, quite honestly, or just kind of chill in the middle and just let it happen and see how things play out and decide for yourself. But to take these hard extreme stances that I see in the comments is really interesting to me. It, they're, they're completely opposite of each other, quite honestly. So, you know what? But what, what company generates interest like that? It's Apple. What also is interesting is a lot of people who tried out the Apple Vision Pro, a lot of reviewers, a lot of first-timers said, oh, it's it's heavy. And I've mentioned that you definitely feel the weight, but I've never said, like, this is so heavy. And I honestly think part of that is because most of the people that are using this for the first time haven't used VR in a while, don't use VR headsets regularly, maybe have tried one on in the past and forgot that they can be heavy and have kind of ignored the category. I mean, this is one of the challenges of the whole wearing a headset space. Most people that have are trying these on have never worn a headset. And I can tell you that even the Quest 2, you could feel its weight. The Quest 3, you could feel its weight. And the only thing that really relieved that pressure was the, I think it's called like the Elite Strap or the Elite Band add-on that had a battery on the back that kind of became a counterweight. It overall added a little weight to the Quest 2 and the Quest 3, but that counterweight actually made it feel lighter on your head overall, and especially you don't you don't feel the tension or the pressure on your face as much. So this was a challenge that every VR headset has, the weight. Now, I looked up the numbers before Apple released theirs, and the Quest 3 comes in weighing at 515 grams, which is about 1.13 pounds. And I can tell you, you can feel that on your face. And over time, it does get a little, you feel that tension. Now, I had guessed at the time, uh, you know, Apple Vision Pro is heavier, a little heavier, but I don't know by how much. I don't even think it's that heavy by that much. And I threw out a number. I guessed uh, it's probably around 1.3 to 1.4 pounds. Well, Apple officially released the weight of the Apple Vision Pro. And depending on the configuration of head strap um, that you wear with it, it can range anywhere from 600 grams to 650 grams. So a little more translate that into pounds, the Apple Vision Pro, depending on the strap configuration you wear, could range anywhere from 1.32 pounds to 1.43 pounds. So it's not like this thing is a heavy, heavy device. In fact, the Quest Pro is heavier. I think that one weighs in around like 1.6 pounds. Um, I think there's a, shoot, there's another one. Which, who is it? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know if it's HTC. I can't. I don't want to say it. But there's another headset that weighs even heavier. And then again, most headsets are around like a little over a pound. So it's more about the weight distribution, to be honest for me. And so I hope whether it's Apple or someone else releases some type of headset that is a counterbalance that allows some of that alleviate some of that weight that rests so heavy on the front end of the Apple Vision Pro that makes it feel maybe a little heavier than others. Someone can do that, and so I'm going to assume and guess that someone will, but I kind of wanted to squash this whole narrative from people that just haven't, and I'm not defending Apple, I'm giving you the facts. It just isn't as heavy as everyone believes. Like There were reports saying, oh, it's so heavy. Now, reality, I've only worn it for about half an hour. It gets heavy for half an hour. I, I don't know if I will be able to, but at the moment, I don't think I can actually get through an entire one and a half hour or two hour movie without feeling the weight of it. I'll probably need to take a break, but guess what? That's why I'm going to review it and test it out. But any VR headset on the market today that I've seen, I cannot wear. I would not be able to wear it for more than 30, 40 minutes before I have to take it off. That's always been the case. And I expect it to be the case here, but we'll see. So that answers the question about the Apple Vision Pro and its weight. Now, if we talk about other things we've learned. The Apple Vision Pro is first going to be available in the US. Uh, we've heard that Canada and the UK are going to be tapped, likely to be the next group of countries that are going to be able to get access to this. We don't know when. It might be three, four months, six months. 
probably will happen before WWDC 2024, but that might be a while. I mean, this is a test. This is really a testing ground to roll this out to an audience that has seen things, heard things, but really hasn't. This is a product that you kind of got to experience, right? Of course, I've been fortunate enough to experience it a bunch, but everyone needs to experience this before you make a decision on it. Now, Apple's also trying to make it make an effort to really prevent or discourage international customers who are probably part of the group that you know got online during the pre-order and wanted to try and order this. Here's some of the things they've put in place to really gear this towards, hey, we're, we want this to be for a US market. So if anyone's listening internationally, which I know there are, these are some things to consider. The Apple Vision Pro only supports English in the US for language and for typing and English for Syrian dictation. So there are no other languages that it supports at the moment out of the gates. App Store, if you're going to use that, it requires an Apple ID with the region set to the US. Any purchases on Apple Music or the TV app require an Apple ID with a region set to the US. Now, if you're a customer that needs uh, correction lenses and those Zeiss lenses, Apple will only accept prescriptions written by US eye care professionals and will only ship to US locations. So if you're in Canada, You'll need to come to the U.S. or have a prescription in the U.S. and get it sh- and get those lenses shipped to you in the U.S. for you to even use that. Customers also may not be able to access certain apps or features due to licensing or other restrictions as well. And Apple support, if you have any technical issues or support issues, is only available in the U.S. So, you know, I said on my video, I'm like, you know, if you're an international, this product might sound more like Apple Vision. No! Get it? It's not funny. It's not funny the second time I said it either. Apple Vision, no. <laughs> to international. Stop laughing at it, Brian. It's not funny at all. All right. What other things um, has Apple put out? Apple you know, has put out some videos on their website about experiencing the Apple Vision Pro. They put out a really cool video, quite honestly, of behind the scenes of it, of, of the whole process of making it, which really makes you go, wow, this is a complex device. And I talked about my video, but I just came back from CES where you saw so much technology, so many amazing new things, things that may work out, things that may not. But overall, the innovation, the spirit of tech lives at CES. Companies that are startups all the way to the established, you know, big boys, big gals like in the tech space. And sometimes you got to take a step back. And when I see all this hate across tech period, specifically last year when everyone said like, no one's innovating because maybe it was two years after a pandemic. Um, We've got to appreciate and at least take a moment to acknowledge like how lucky we are with all the stuff that we have from any tech company and what it takes to get to us and all the innovation that led to it for us to experience it and enjoy it today. Like so many people that just are bitching and moaning about this isn't this, this isn't that. I'm like, damn, really? Is that how we see everything? I hope not. I don't. I, you know, the people that are complaining cannot make any of the stuff that they're complaining about. And I can't either, so I'm going to appreciate it. Um, it's amazing. Let's talk about some other caveats here that maybe have popped up. Um, oh, one of the things is I talked about glass prescriptions. If you wear hard contact lenses, and some of you do, Apple Vision Pro does not support hard contact lenses and doesn't recommend it. And so they recommend people with hard contact lenses to try and use the Zeiss uh, prescription lenses instead. But if you go through their prompt when you have to say, oh, do you wear glasses or contacts or not? If you choose hard contact lenses, they say, oh, Apple Vision Pro will not work. And I don't know if that's because of how much eye motion, you rapid eye motion you have to do to use the Vision Pro and with all the eye tracking, if it's not conducive to hard lenses. I don't know that specifically, but it's part of it. All right, everybody. Hey, let's take a breather to thank the sponsor of this podcast, Indeed. You know, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million 
global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And something that I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy with Indeed's hiring platform. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to US Indeed data. We get you one step closer to the hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Just go to Indeed.com slash AppleBits right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash AppleBits to start hiring now. All right, um, just some more Apple Vision Pro tidbits. There is free engraving on the Apple Vision Pro. Did you know that? It's not directly on the Apple Vision Pro, but if you order the Zeiss lens inserts, you actually have the ability to put like a, whether it's your name or something on your lenses, it's like engraved on the bottom edge on the outside of the kind of the black border. You can put an engraving on them. It actually makes sense if you have multiple people using an Apple Vision Pro. You do have the ability to, you know, part of the Apple Vision Pro is the headset and then the the part that you put on your face, which is called the light seal. And that's the part that comes in different sizing. When you order the, when you pre-order the Apple Vision Pro, it has you go through a process where it scans your face. You look in four different directions and it measures your face to choose the proper fitted size for you. Well, if you have a family member that wants to use the Apple Vision Pro and might have a different face size or face or requirement, I guess face requirement, just different face size, you can get the measured. It costs $199 to buy an additional light seal. And that also comes with two different cushions that are that will work differently depending on what's more comfortable for you. So what does this tell you? It absolutely supports multiple users but we haven't seen how that's going to work just yet, All right? So if you want to share this with someone, um, you can get an additional light seal that is measured to their face, uh, and it costs $199. And if you're curious about, okay, well, how, you know, how easy it is to get an Apple Vision Pro right now, I did check right before I recorded this podcast to see uh, what the availability of it is like. And right now, at least depending on your local location. If you order for the Apple Vision Pro to get delivered to you directly to your home, right now for all capacity storage sizes, um, March 11th through 18th is the delivery date, so that's around mid-March. If you choose to pick it up physically in the store, at least the ones nearby me were set to February 5th and February 6th, which is like, what, three to four days after the release date on February the 2nd. So... You do, that's just the shipping time. I want to let you all know that just for your own consideration because that probably, you know, some people are like, are like oh, how is it selling? We, we don't exactly know how many units they sell, sold. Uh, we don't know how many pre-order units were available. There were reports and estimations that it was around 80,000 to 100,000. And you might be like, oh, that, that's a good amount. It is a good amount. But again, you know, we're, we're talking about this compared to tens of millions when you talk about something like iPhone and and millions when you talk about iPad that that sell right 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 out of the gates so i think that i've said this multiple times this is a long play for apple it's going to change constantly look apple's going to see how customers are using it and for those people that are saying oh you're just beta testing it you know or you're just beta testers uh this is a pretty polished product yes you could look at it that way to a certain degree. But from what I've seen so far, there is definitely some polish. There is more than enough polish to it that this feels like a product that, from a tech standpoint, has all the fundamentals of the highest fidelity we've ever seen, the best responsiveness we've ever seen, the most immersive we've seen, 
spatial video and spatial photos add a personal intimate element that we haven't seen. Those, you know, 3D immersive video, that's going to be a tie, that's going to be a strong suit right out of the gates. We know Disney Plus is on board. HBO Max is on board. Uh, uh Amazon Prime is on board. But with Disney Plus, they're going to have multiple movies in 3D out of the gates, including Avatar Way of Water, including Avengers Endgame, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Elemental and Encanto, those are the ones that were announced to be 3D out of the gates for Apple Vision Pro users from Disney Plus because Disney Plus has a dedicated app. Also, there's going to be 150 3D films available just in 3D from the Apple TV service. And a cool catch is that if you already own a movie, like let's say you've already purchased a movie and you own it digitally and there's a 3D version of it, you will be able to watch that 3D version at no additional charge. So that's amazing as well. Also, the fidelity of this is going to be ridiculous because with uh, Disney Plus, they basically re-encoded their videos 4K HDR for each eye. It's also going to support 3D spatial audio as well as high frame rate. And why does high frame rate matter? Well, in a movie like Avatar Way of Water, it used high frame rate. It Depending on the scenes, it bounced between 24 and 48 frames per second. I liked it when they used the 48 frames in the underwater scenes because it made it feel more flowy. But the movie was a little inconsistent in how it used it. But ultimately, the original intent from the director is the movie that you will see on Disney Plus because it supports everything. 4K, HDR, Dolby, and Dolby Vision, uh, you know, depending on what... The, I think... What IMAX Enhanced, they haven't... I'm assuming IMAX Enhanced isn't supported, but we'll see what format. I'm I'm assuming the 3D version of Avengers Endgame is the IMAX format, which is larger. I don't know yet. I could be wrong, but either way, it's still going to look insane. But spatial audio support and high frame rate support. So this is the highest fidelity 3D that we'll see. There's a lot of people, including me, who invested back in the day in 3D TV with the glasses and was sad that it left. And quite honestly, TVs today, now with the f- higher frame rates, the brighter brighter TV sets, that really was one of the issues when you wore 3D glasses. You know, it was a dimmer version of the movie, and the TVs weren't able to get bright enough to kind of compensate for that. Well, now that's not an issue. TVs today could totally support 3D, but because it was a lukewarm reception from a mainstream audience, they stopped doing that. Well, guess what? Anyone who loves and loved 3D movies, the place to go now is easily going to be Apple Vision Pro. And you also talk about Apple's immersive video platform. They're going to launch with uh, Alicia Keys in a rehearsal studio. They're going to have a one called Adventure that follows the journey of a highline, I guess call them an athlete. It's this woman who basically, the best way to put it is like, She's on a high wire act, but she does it in between the open space between like mountain peaks. There's going to be a wildlife one and there's going to be a, uh, what's the, wait, is that one, two? Oh, there's a prehistoric um, like dinosaur experience as well. So Apple's going to have some of their immersive content, but we know that it's going to go beyond that. There's going to be sports that are coming. There's going to be most likely live events. Could you imagine even just as a, as a not a teaser, but just to show what's capable, Apple does their entire live keynote in Apple Immersive Video, so it feels like you're sitting right there when the presentation is happening. This is all again with their acquisition of Next VR, and Apple even told me the specs of their Apple Immersive Video. It is shot in 8K. Of course, you know you're not going to see 8K resolution through the the headset. You'll see 4K, but it'll be delivered to you. It's shot in 8K, spatial audio, in 3D, um, with HDR support. This is going to be the most immersive video experience we've seen. Now, I'm not saying that is worth $3,500 starting before tax for everyone, but there's definitely an audience that has wanted to experience and enjoy that, and I think this is where it's going to shine the most out of the gates. I've experienced spatial computing. I, you know, I went out to a demo maybe four or five days ago now. Man, time flies. And the fundamentals of spatial 
computing are there, spatial computing now, right? The really two main things ways to approach this is spatial, or sorry, immersive video, which is gonna be an absolute highlight, and then spatial computing. It's cool, it's fun, but I don't see myself putting on a headset consistently every day just to you know, do email and web browsing and messages. It is a cool experience, but they didn't show me any productivity apps. I didn't do anything like Microsoft Office. I didn't do anything like Adobe Premiere or Final Cut Pro or even anything like an iMovie or GarageBand in spatial computing. There is a feature where it will, it will mirror your, you can get it. They haven't showed this off yet, but they've shown in demos where if you have a laptop, it'll project a larger screen of your laptop or a computer in front of you with Vision Pro. So spatial computing is still yet to sell me on, I'm going to do something like this every day, at least from what I've seen so far. But the immersive video, spatial video, uh, making my own videos, all that looks incredible. Um, just a, another quick update, some other aspects of it. When it launched, it first said that you could airplay what you see on the Vision Pro to airplay compatible devices at a 1080p resolution. But later in the day, they changed that to 720p. They changed the spec sheet to say 720p. And that's significantly different, especially when you're watching today on large screens. When I'm presenting video to you all, 1080p to 720p, you're going to see the how it the image quality breaks down. So I don't know if that's going to stay true, but as of right now, you can airplay your content to allow other people to see it, You know, whether it's an iPhone or an iPad or a Mac or even airplay compatible TVs, but it will only stream at 720p at the moment, not even 1080p. So that is something to know. I don't think it's going to, those things aren't going to stop anyone who wants it. Also, this is coming equipped with Bluetooth 5.3 and Wi-Fi 6, not Wi-Fi 6C, which is faster and has um, better distance, and not Wi-Fi 7, but Wi-Fi 6. And the reality is that most people, it won't affect most people because you need a router with 6E to support it. But my biggest bugaboo for someone who follows tech and has a 6E router is that, well, this device probably won't get updated in two years. And because of that, I think it would it was it would have been nice to have more than 6E because I don't this is not a device that they're going to be uh I really hope they aren't updating every single year. I think actually the audience would be pretty mad about that in my mind. So Apple's goal now is we have the product out there. We have some great experiences, but developers, what can you do? Like everything, a product rests on developer support. You got something incredible like the PSVR2 with all the horsepower of the PSVR 2, or sorry, the PS5. Gran Turismo was a standout, but it also got me really sick. Since then, we've seen other games roll out for the PSVR 2, but none that have been very compelling to say, you've got to play this. Apple needs a you-have-got-to-experience-this-app within the next six months to a year to garner interest and to get others on board. The immersive video stuff is a goddess experience, but I'm talking about an app or a game that makes it, oh my gosh, right? The Quest 2, Quest 3, they really have a true ecosystem. It took, I mean, it really took like, I feel like five years where now you feel like, hey, you won't really run out of content or things to do. You still have to put on a headset, but they've established a strong ecosystem. Apple has their own ecosystem, but a Vision OS, Apple Vision Pro ecosystem is different. It's gonna need a feel different sure you can port ipad apps and there will be plenty of them i think apple says vision pro is launching with 1 million apps out of the gates but a lot of those are probably going to be ports not dedicated apple vision pro apps there will be some but i don't i don't think at least out of the gates i don't know if there's gonna be that many and also many of them will probably be versions of ipad ios apps that have been adapted to vision os meaning they they will be dedicated vision os apps but maybe they've just been tweaked a little but not true ground from the ground up vision os apps and that takes time it always is going to take time you've got to start somewhere so it's gonna be fascinating to see where this goes but you know that's at least right now with my brain there's so much information in here oh um 
One thing I wanted to cover, I talked about 1 million apps. There will be 150 3D movies from Apple TV out of the gates and then 250 Apple Arcade games available out of the gates for Apple Vision Pro. But again, um, we'll see how many uh, dedicated Vision Pro experiences there are. Uh, we know, I know if you're nerdy like me and you like tabletop games, there's this incredible uh, art action RPG game called Demio that's on Quest that they said is coming to Apple Vision Pro. That That's huge. That's going to be great. Also, I'm throwing it out there. Anyone from Apple listening to this, bring me Settlers of Catan. Bring me Catan VR on Apple Vision Pro. It's on basically every other platform that I know of. It's on Quest. It's on PSVR 2. It is the world's top-selling board game of all time. Bring Catan VR to Apple Vision Pro. There's so many people that I realize everyone i talk not everyone but a lot of people i talk to have never played the game i introduced them to the game they love the game it is an amazing party game um, but it's also strategic and if you know katan you know katan but bring that to apple vision pro so just to summarize it all apple vision pro pre-orders are open now uh available february 2nd in the u.s starting starting at $3,499, but really, by the time it'll send done, more like $4,000 plus, especially with Apple Care. Your time out, $500 right there, non-taxable, and then, and then tax on that $34.99 price. So, you know, most people probably spend at least $4,000, around $4,000 uh, that got it. But I think people that, people that did pre-order are very excited about it. For, you know, there's people that I know that were on the fence and Sometimes, I mean, I like congrats to them. The you get caught up and you just buy the thing, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I did it!" Like, look, I'm buying it for work to review it, and I've been very transparent and honest about my thoughts and feelings on it. And there's a lot to be excited about. And the price and the comfort are the two biggest things that are the biggest barriers of entry right now for most people. You know, this whole talk of it's a beta device. Like, yes, it's a first gen device. I'm the same guy who bought the first iPhone. I bought the first iPod when everyone thought I was crazy. I think the first iPod was either $400 or $500. I don't think it was $600, was it? But it was like $400. And at the time, $400 for an MP3 player was crazy because I think you could get an MP3 player for around $100, $150 back then. But the iPod, the iPod was a thing. I'm not saying, look, this is the most difficult challenge Apple has faced from a product standpoint. And I'm not saying... I don't know if this is going to quote unquote flop or not, but I know Apple's going to roll with this for at least, at least five to six years before they even consider like giving up. They're, they're in, they're in on this. They're, they're not think they're not hearing that noise. They're like, no, we're going to see this through. We're going to find out what our users care about. And then we're going to gear and tailor and transition to that. That's exactly what they did with Apple watch. That's exactly what they're going to do with vision pro. And like I said, to bring this technology to to the forefront for consumer. Like I know plenty of people in the VR space that have said no one has been able to make this fidelity available to the consumer in a mainstream way. Sure, you but you have labs that have a one of one that can harness this power, but not make a mass a product that the mass audience or I'm not saying it's for everyone, but that consumers can actually buy and use in their homes on a regular. And they themselves said it validated a lot of the work that they had been doing all these years. And it's nice to see, even though you know their company isn't doing it, it's nice to see it happen. So there's people that have been wanting this to happen and Apple happens to be the company that's making it happen. That's why all these people are like, ah, it's gonna flop. It's like, just enjoy the ride the tech is there. The innovation is there. We'll see what happens. We'll see. All right, let's talk really quickly before we wrap up a couple of notes about the iPhone 16 and 16 Pro and uh, an update on the Apple the Apple ban on the uh, blood oxygen for the Apple Watch. So first up with 16 and 16 Pro. The only reason why I bring this up is because I actually got kind of excited about this. I'm like, ooh, this this could be really good. So the latest report coming out of the information, which is a tech site that has a subscription fee to it. I almost can't talk because my words are jumbling right now. According to the information, the iPhone 16 
and 16 Pro will have this new capture button, which we've heard about. That was geared for media. But a lot of people thought, oh, this would be a capacitive button. Everyone's, everyone had pointed to, okay, they're going to have a capture button to take photos and videos, and it'll be capacitive. Well, the information has now said, no. Not only will it not be capacitive, it will be a mechanical button that will respond to both pressure and touch. So think about this. If you're, looking, if you're holding your iPhone right now in vertical, um, on the right-hand side is where the power button is. So below that right now, I believe that's where the millimeter wave antenna is. That location is where this new capture button will be. And then they're going to reportedly move the antenna to the left side of the phone when you're holding it vertically. So when you take photos, you typically rotate it and you, from left to right. So right there on that index finger of your right finger, that's exactly where the capture button will be. Not only will it be there, though, you will, according to the report, you'll be able to zoom in and zoom out by swiping left and right on this capture button. Just like another camera, if you do like a half press, it'll focus. And if you do a more forceful press, it'll record. And I'm guessing a single deep press will be a camera shot. Like, that's some cool versatility to... Remember, I've always, I kind of joked and said, oh, our phones are our cameras, our cameras are our phones. Like, oh, would you like a phone with that camera? That's what we're getting at now. Like, these cameras are just so incredible and so robust. But to make that capture button a mechanical button, I love that idea. So you turn your phone horizontal, it's right there in that sweet spot, and then you'll have some additional functionality for it. I, to me, that's cool. And if you haven't upgraded your phone in like three, four, five years, damn, I think that, that's, a, that's cool. Do we need, you know, are, are we at the point that we really need, need anything? No, but I love, I love that as a creator, content creator. Yes. Sign me up. Also a report that has been longstanding and continues to be said over and over and over and still hasn't happened yet. Uh, the iPhone 16 pro will be available with two terabytes maximum storage option. We will see. Um, according to some news aggregators, a rumor recently said Apple was switching over to a higher density quad level cell NAND flash for higher storage models. Now, some people said wrote me and said, "Hey, it's you don't actually want that. It's not as reliable." Well, you know, we don't know if this is actually true or not. But with this potential change, Apple would then potentially be finally bringing a two terabyte storage iPhone to the market. And we know how Apple charges for those storage. Uh, storage prices, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how good that is. And then finally, we know that the ban on Apple uh, to sell Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2 with the blood oxygen feature was reinstated as of January 18th um, in the United States specifically. So what what does this mean, right? There was a little back and forth going on. Well, Ultimately, any new Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2 that are sold here in the U.S. Um, will not have the blood oxygen feature enabled anymore. It's basically been disabled via software. Apple has a banner on their website letting you know that. But for you, the consumer, look, if you know someone or you're trying to buy someone an Apple Watch and you still want that blood oxygen feature, uh, there's a way to really kind of go around it. The new Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2 that have it disabled have the part number ending in LW slash A. So if you are going to a store and you see that part number LW slash A, it's on the box. Um, it would be the last three characters of the part number. That means that blood oxygen has been disabled. But there's plenty of Apple Watch Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2 that are on the market that have never been taken off of shelves that have the original part numbers. So you could still get one. If you're someone who owns a current Apple Watch, you're not, they're not going to disable it remotely. You still have, you're still going to be able to use blood oxygen on the Apple Watch Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra and any previous Apple Watches. It's only for new Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2 sold in the US from Apple, directly through Apple. So Apple still obviously disagrees with that ruling from the ITC. They believe that it should be reversed, and they're continuing to uh, try and put through appeals to the federal circuit. But as of now, the ban on blood auction has been reinstated in the U.S. And 
I think I used that feature maybe twice when I first got the watch, and I still and I never have since. But um, yeah, that's just me. <laughs> I'm just saying. But overall, if you know the whole idea is that it would work in harmony with other sensors and pull data, and then give you better recommendations uh, with health. You know, we still don't have blood pressure on the Apple Watch yet. Um, we'll see if that happens in 2024. But blood oxygen no longer um, active on new Apple Watches sold in the U.S. All right, everybody. That was a whole lot. So much going on. Um, hopefully, you, you downloaded all this information in your brain. I think no matter what, people should still be fascinated by what's going on with the Apple Vision Pro. Doesn't mean you have to buy it, but there's a whole lot to pay attention to the what the future for Apple could look like or what one of their... Alternate futures could be living alongside the current, you know, platforms of Mac and iPad and iPhone. It's just another avenue, but it is from a tech standpoint, really, really exciting. It's just not made and priced for the consumer right now. And we'll see how far in the near future that that comes down. I that's what I'm kind of curious about. See, okay, where where are we going from here? And that's that's the question that needs to be answered for all of us. So Before we go, we got to give a big thanks to our Patreon supporters at the Platinum Apple $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, and Gregory Ford. Thank you so much for your support and contribution. And thank you to all of you who support my content at any level. $2, $5, $10, $25. I'm so grateful for this. And you you have opened doors for me to be able to go to these Apple events and cover this stuff. And it's my job to to give you every single ounce of info that gets downloaded into my brain and the questions that I ask so that we can all learn more about this. And that's why we all love tech. So thank you for your support at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. And like I said, you want to be a part of something special. I'm going to do a Apple Vision Pro giveaway in February if you're a Patreon supporter. Yep, I, you heard it right. Okay, everybody, that's going to do it for this week. Take care, be safe. We'll be back here with more coverage, back-to-back, of whatever Apple's going to drop on us. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Take care and be safe. Peace. Peace.